Welcome to the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Podcast. I'm so excited for you to join us. Each week, we'll bring you a sermon from one of our ongoing series. This week, we continue our journey through Game Changer. It's a term that you often hear associated with sports, but it really applies to everything or anything. So enjoy, and let's get to it. The Bible says that God rested the Sabbath day and he blessed it and he sanctified it. Of all the days that we pray and we sing and we talk about the Lord and we study our Bibles, there's no day like today. Do you know that? Are you experiencing that? Brothers and sisters, if there was no calendar, we should know that it's Sabbath. Because God has promised to dwell with us like he won't dwell with us any other day of the week. It's not that he doesn't want to draw close to us, but the Bible says that he blessed the Sabbath day. What happened when he blessed the loaves and fishes? Hmm? It multiplied. So God has put a blessing of multiplication in this day. If if we turn away our foot from doing our own pleasure, thinking our own thoughts, amen, the blessing is there. First John, do you have your Bibles today, brothers and sisters? You'll need your Bibles. First John 2 and verse 21. First John 2 and 21. The Apostle says, I've not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. What does it say in verse 22? I can't hear you. And, and who is a liar but he that, that, that denieth that, that Christ, that he's anointed? I'm wondering, is it possible that we could be accounted as dishonest by heaven by denying that Christ is anointed. You say, well, how do I... I wouldn't say that. Brothers and sisters, if the power that God is willing to give us, if we're denying His power, if we're denying the victory of salvation in overcoming rebellion, we have become a liar. See, we have to settle this. Either Satan is more powerful or Christ is. Which one? Yeah. Either he has the power to redeem us from this planet or he doesn't. We've got to settle it. Amen? He has the power. The Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 says that, he says, I will, not, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by remembrance. Repetition is a tremendous teacher. And the Apostle felt it his duty 
even though you already know it, even though you know the truth, to keep it in front of you, to keep you in remembrance, to keep stirring you up. The Bible says, talks about setting it to our seal that God is true, that his testimony is sure. We must set it to our seal. We must lock it in. No one can move it. No one can change it. For all of us that are students of Christ, that are followers of the Master, that are disciples, God, heaven is anticipating something special from us. Do you realize that grace is given with anticipation? God is giving us blessings with anticipation. In Peter, the Bible tells us that wherefore he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. The king of the universe, if he just promised, it would be enough. Amen? But the Bible says he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. He's taken it over the top so that we can be partakers of his divine nature. He's made promises that he didn't have to make. But just to show his love to us. The theme I'm seeing is transforming our communities. And to transform our communities, we must transform lives. Amen? First of all, God is transforming us so that we can transform our community. Amen? In Genesis, the 18th chapter in verse 32, God had promised Abraham that if just 50 people were on fire, if just 50 people were giving their life to Christ and they were committed, he says, I'll save Sodom. I won't destroy it. And you remember the story, right? All the way down to 10 God said, of just 10 people, just 10, and Sodom was a great city. That metroplex filled the plains. There were two sister cities together, and it filled the plains. And the Bible gives us that record when Sodom was destroyed. But if just 10 people knew, knew the master, I won't destroy the city. What? does heaven anticipate when we are filled with God's Spirit? Are you hearing me this morning? What does heaven anticipate in us when we've given ourselves to the Master? Just ten. It would be like saying if there was only ten people in Dallas, Fort Worth, metro area, I won't destroy it. Just ten. Because their effect is going to be so contagious, the work that would go on. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 1, 2 and 3. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, 2 and 3. The Bible tells us, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. 
For the Lord hath the controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. And by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore the land shall mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field, with the fowls of the air, with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea shall be taken away. God has a controversy. Does that sound like any place where you live? Hmm? But the Lord is looking for something in us. You know, in our Bibles, there are so many matter-of-fact statements, matter-of-fact comments that God's make, we will not be able to escape them if we don't seize them and take hold of them as our own. These are memory verses in your mind. John chapter 4 and verse 15. The Bible says, if you love me, do what? If you love me, keep my commandments. It won't be possible unless what? Unless we love the Lord. Amen? It's not going to be possible. John 21 and verse 15 and verse 16. Again, memory texts. Things that we've read over and over again. The Bible says, so when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. It's very important when we're reading our Bibles that we don't run past words. We look deeply to see what is God saying. I heard what he, what's written, but what is he saying? What is he telling Peter? Notice in verse 15, I'm, I'm just wondering, is it possible to feed sheep without knowing what they eat and what they need? Hmm? Yes? It's possible? Or no, it's not? You could feed them bad food. But notice that God, notice that Christ, when he's talking, when he asks Peter, he says, I want you to feed my lambs. What would be involved in feeding a lamb? Anybody around animals, been around animals? Milk. Lambs have a different diet. They're more delicate. The care would be special. The attention more focused. Feed my lambs. Different food a different way to handle the lambs. And God is saying, Peter, feed my lambs. So you can't do it unless there's some compassion and love. You can't feed that animal and care for him 
because you can't just handle it roughly. Hmm? Any of you have babies here today? Special care needed? So God is saying, Peter, feed my lambs. And then he says, feed my sheep. So by degree of difficulty, if you have learned how to feed lambs, if you've learned how to show compassion, how to show tender care, how to have empathy, how to understand that we have been dug from the same pit, then you can feed the sheep. There's a story of a banquet told, and you know the story, in Luke chapter 14. Verse 21, it starts at 16, goes through 24. The Bible says in verse 21, So that servant came and showed the Lord these things. After those that he invited said, No, we're busy. We've got things to do. The servant came and showed his Lord these things, and the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring the hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant went forth, and he did it. And he came back, and he said, It's done. It's done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come, that my house may be full. We are told that the most solemn messages ever given to human beings have been given to us. The most sacred truths given to any people have been given to us. Why would the Lord do that? Is he anticipating something from us? Amen, saints? Is he anticipating anything? The most solemn, sacred truths God has committed to us as his children. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Romans chapter 8 and 29. The Bible tells us that for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Lord has set, he's put everything in order. He set everything in place. He's left nothing out so that we can be made into the image of the Most High. He has predestined us, predestinated us to be his sons and daughters. Hasn't left out anything that was needed. You remember the story in Psalms chapter 5. The vineyard after putting everything into the vineyard and coming back, and there's wild grapes. And he says, what more could I have done? God is expecting. Heaven is anticipating. Heaven is waiting, looking carefully at us. 
the angels, their attention, and their ministering care is special for us. Why? Because as in Jonah, remember the story of Jonah. When Jonah was angry, you remember the story when Jonah was angry and the God caused the gourd to, to grow up and give him shade. And Jonah was angry when the gourd withered and went away. Do you remember what the Lord told him? Yeah, he says, Jonah, now you had no investment in the gourd, but yet you're, you, you, you're unhappy that it went away. He said, now here's the people that have, that have no understanding of the right hand or to the left, and you want me to destroy them. Can't do it. God is anticipating us. If we have heard His voice, if we have learned that God is good, that He's compassionate, that He's merciful, He's expecting us to tell somebody. No? Amen, saints. Turn in your Bibles to Amos chapter 3. Let's, let's read this. Amos chapter 3. Again, John says, I've not spoken unto you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God would do nothing, but he revealed his secret to his servants of prophets. A memory verse. The memory text. Let's keep reading. The Bible says, The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? If we have heard the voice of God, the question is, who is it that could be, that could but open their mouth and share? Who is it that could that could be quiet when they've heard the word of the Lord. Who would that person be? Praise God, I know here at Richardson, you have workers. You have people that love the Lord and that you love His creation and that you're busy about the Master's business. Jesus is coming, brothers and sisters. And he's waiting for the fruit. He says he has long patience for that fruit. Have any of you ever done any canning or any juicing? Anybody, anybody ever canned any juice? Any grape juice? Yes, I see hands. Grown any grapes? Yes, I see hands. When you harvest those grapes, and you go through the process of putting that juice together and canning it. And then later, throughout the winter, you're drinking that juice. It's reminding you of that harvest. Amen? It's reminding you of the grapes that you have, that you have harvested. Christ at the Last Supper said that he would not drink of the fruit of the vine anymore until he drinks it with us in his kingdom. 
waiting for the harvest. To reminisce and taste the sweetness. To move that juice around and taste the sweetness and the, and, and, and the, and the richness of the bouquet of the grapes. I'm, he's waiting until the harvest. to again drink of the grapevine and to reminisce of the flavor of his children. Heaven is waiting for us, brothers and sisters. And the world, it's their right to know who the master is. We cannot steal that right from them. They must know who Jesus is. I'm praying that as God's students, as his children, as his followers, that we make a commitment that we will reach our brothers and sisters, those that we work with, our workmates, at the grocery store, to tell them that there is a God in heaven. And he's invested everything in us. Is it your commitment today, brothers and sisters, to, to reach your brothers and sisters, to transform your community, to allow God to transform our lives? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful for your mercies. Lord, we're thankful that we can come in and we can go out. We have gone through a whole week and all of its activities and we've come to this Sabbath and you've kept us. Lord, we're asking that your spirit would dwell with us in every thought, every decision, every action, that you would teach us to be like Jesus. And you would bless us to this end. To your glory and honor, we're asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you were blessed by this sermon. Next week, we'll continue our journey through Game Changers. So bring a friend, listen, have a conversation, and remember, you're in our prayers.